Hey everybody, this is 40 with Corey and Richie. Um, but before we get into the show, you've heard us talk about DraftKings. You can't really do it here in the state of Arizona. So this is for all of our listeners outside of the state, but they are the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. It's simple on how you play, of course, outside of the state of Arizona. All you got to do is draft your lineup, whether it's full of NBA stars, NHL stars, or even your favorite golfers. Just make your lineup, make sure you're under the salary cap that's associated with drafting them, and you may be able to win a bunch of money. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users all across every sport, DraftKings is the leader for daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action outside of the state of Arizona. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That is code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings com for details. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Net. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. you got to experience at least somewhat of an outdoor game over the weekend um i mean it there 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 was a period that you got to see during daylight everything else has been at night so it wasn't as cool as we were all expecting but at least we got to see a little bit of it which is kind of all we can ask during 2020 considering the fact and 2021 considering the fact that nothing has be been the same so at least we got something um to talk about some coyote stuff uh the past kings games ducks games and um you know there's a little thing called skating for Layton going on right now we got a lot to talk about so per the usual i need to introduce my wonderful and amazing co-host richie suave flores how you doing richie hello Corey. um i don't know about you but I'm feeling 22. This is episode 22 of our of our second season. So I wanted to make Damn, that, that make clever. that joke while we get underway here. That was very clever. I can appreciate that very much. So, did you see this week? Speaking of Taylor Swift, that Jimmy Butler, who is in the NBA, plays for the Miami Heat. He was doing an interview with TNT and they brought up this old video of of him from like five or six years ago when he was with the Chicago Bulls of him dancing in the locker room to the song 22. And they brought it up with them and he was so embarrassed by it. 
and they had tweeted it out and Taylor Swift responded to it. <laughs> Why would you be embarrassed by that? That song's a banger, okay? Why would you even remotely be embarrassed by that? Well, he's he's a self-professed Taylor Swift fan. He's talked about that a lot in the past, but he was just like he was just kind of laughing. He was like, "You guys really went that far back to find that video?" <laughs> hey, they do their research uh, anymore. Once you've done something and it's been recorded or whatever, people will find it. And I think people have learned that with all of their like old tweets. They were like, ah, oh, no one will ever think about that. They don't even think about it. And then it like resurfaces. I think people are starting to learn that now that things can resurface whenever they want to. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was the big Taylor Swift news of the week. So that's why I wanted to kick off the show making that reference. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. And you did your homework and you have your list of, uh, favorite old Taylor Swift songs now. Yes, I do. Cause I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to uh, my friend Jordan about it recently. I don't even remember how we started to, how I, I mentioned to her that that was the case that I was, that had never listened to like pre 1989 Taylor Swift, like in depth outside of the, the popular songs. And so she called me out for it and she was like, okay, and she sent me a playlist of like, I don't know, probably 20 songs to listen to from pre-1989 Taylor Swift. So um, uh, Red, Fearless, Speak Now, and Taylor Swift, her inaugural album. And yeah, so I, I went through all this. I went through the playlist and I, I was like, you know, I actually dig a lot of this. And I, I made like a list of the songs that I like really liked from it. And I sent you the list too, and I think it was a pretty a pretty good list because like I was under the impression that when she began her career, she was very much country, right? And she was, and a lot of her songs were country vibe, but there were still they were like was, country pop. It, yeah, it was pop country, so it wasn't as bad as I thought it could be, essentially. And so, um. There were still a lot of songs that I liked, like a good mix of like the more poppy songs. I have a couple ballad type songs in there. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was an interesting experience to go back and listen to all those songs. I was like, man, there's some good stuff in here. So I'm sorry I, I slept so long on all the old Taylor Swift music because I, I did not really listen to her until 1989 came out. So I apologize, Taylor. Yeah, tisk tisk tisk. I mean, I what was it? My very last day of um freshman year of high school, I got picked up by my sister-in-law and we went straight to the Taylor Swift concert. That's what I did my very last day of freshman year of high school. I was like on it. That's I'm trying to think of what which one that was. That was 2000, 2009. Or 2009. Okay. So I think that was her fearless tour. Let's take a look here. Taylor we can, Swift. Oh, you got it. You're looking it up. Okay. So while you're looking that up, 
I'll keep talking so you can keep looking it up. And you said 2009 was your freshman year. Thank you for reminding me that 2009 was the year I graduated from high school. So now we're back to me feeling really old again. Well, okay. So you were the cool kid then, though. I was like, you were the cool senior while I was the boring freshman. Yes, but I, but I was never like, I I was like, even though I was, when I was a senior in high school, like I was still like pretty on the shy side for the most part. And so like, I didn't bully, I didn't, I wasn't like picking on the freshmen or making fun of them. Like, that's really mean. Uh, so I, I was right. It was her fearless tour. And, uh, I remember when Kelly Pickler opened for, it's funny. They say supporting acts is also Justin Bieber. Maybe Justin Bieber opened for at some point in that tour. I definitely wasn't when, um, when I was there, it was Kelly Pickler that opened for her. But yeah, I, so her fearless tour was the first one that I went to. And then I went to red as well. And then I don't think I was able to go to the ones after that. But I was I was fearless to her, though. Like, when I went to it at that point in my life, it was the coolest concert I had ever been to. And I still feel like it very closely is. Um, Carrie Underwood did a really good concert as well. Um, but those ones that, like, where they can full-blown tell a story with them, which is a lot of what like old school country music is they end up having some really dope concerts because they have uh they essentially display like an entire um story for you on stage if i have to say like story wise like one of the coolest concerts though like actually was like the symphony concert for game of thrones i'm not a massive game of thrones person i am a massive khaleesi person um but uh, that was pretty dope when they had they had all of the the symphony behind um, scenes of like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. They cut that up. That was that was really cool. But um, I'd probably say that that Fearless concert and the Carrie Underwood concert I went to are like two of the best concerts I ever went to. And I don't I don't go to many country concerts anymore. I'm just not in the same vibe as I was back then. But. Those were both really good at the time. Yeah, you're not as much of a concert person as I am. Because I I love going to concerts. And I, I, I miss it immensely. Because, like, I would normally I would normally go, if not with you, I would go usually with my, with my sisters. We would go to concerts probably on a monthly basis, whether they'd be, like, your bigger shows or they'd be kind of your uh, some local bands that are playing at one of the local venues here in town crescent ballroom being my favorite spot and yeah i I, I miss it immensely it's been like a year the last concert i went to before covid hit was i last year i went to innings festival and weezer was like the headliner that night and they were great and then that was like that was the last concert i went to and it's like man I miss going to concerts so much more than going to sporting events. It's not even close. I mean, I I think you underestimate my my enjoyment or my love for concerts. I love concerts. I will go to concerts like as much as I humanly can. And and, and don't take this in an assaulting way. I just don't like the same concerts you like. Ooh. I think that's where our, our problems hit. It's yes. 
I'd agree with that. Because it, it's one of those where, like, there's certain ones that, like, they cross over, right? So um, I've gone to Three Doors Down with you quite a few times. Um, the mm-hmm. coolest one was actually probably the very first one when they were on that, like, circular stage. That was the coolest one um, of Three Doors Down that we went to. But, um, like, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I made you watch Chris Stapleton at Innings Fest one year. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a very, ma- very massive like alternative rock person. So like, I I will go to any of the ones that are, you know, the the Blink One Eighty Twos, All Time Lows, the Fallout Boys. Um, I also went to Imagine Dragons. Uh, you know, all of those type of ones. I I, I will love to go to those, and then um. You know, I, I, I still go to Taylor Swift concerts and stuff like that. It's you like some of the smaller ones that I just I don't know. And I I don't know. I just don't have the same feeling for. I mean, the last concert me and you went to, though, that was the coolest was uh, Macklemore and Kesha. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed that one. That one was awesome. Yeah, that's right. That was like two thousand back in twenty nineteen, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? So that was when he was Macklemore was throwing hot dogs into the crowd. That's still my most like most liked tweet on Twitter too. I don't even know what it's at at this point. Yeah, and the story behind that is you tweeted it out, you tagged Macklemore in it, and he retweeted it, right? Yeah, night. it's it's got 82 retweets and 394 likes. Yeah, it's it's still it's pinned at the top of my thing because it was so dope. I was so excited that Macklemore retweeted it. And and I and this is a big deal because Seth MacFarlane's also retweeted one of my tweets and it's not pinned. It's the Macklemore one that's pinned. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But uh, yeah, I'm so And it was I'm cool because very... he threw a hot dog to a guy. Yes. <laughs> That was hilarious. That was great. Yeah, uh, I I don't know when concerts are coming back, but I hope they come back soon, sooner rather than later. Uh, Me too. Uh, and especially, like I said, especially at some of the smaller local music venues around town, Crescent Ballrooms, Van Buren's, um, Rebel Lounge is another one, um, Valley Bar is another one. Like all those, like because they were really hurt by COVID, obviously. And they're still around, luckily. But like the seeing concerts at those places are are still my favorite places to go to concerts at. So I can't wait till we get music back for real, so people can go to and support the smaller business con- concert venues in the valley. Um, that's what I miss most. I think about concerts going to those places. I wish I remember what. What is the one that's in Tempe? That's like really tiny. It's just like a stage. Uh, there, uh, Marquee. Maybe I went and I saw actually, oddly enough, a, a random rap concert there, and it was actually really cool. I actually really liked the vibe of it. Um, yes, Marquee is one of them out there for sure. Celebrity Theater is another one. Celebrity Theater is where we saw Three Doors Down, the acoustic, the spinny Definitely stage. wasn't Celebrity Theater, because I would have remembered that. That was a good concert. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming you're talking about the marquee, which is like off the just off the 202, but yes, I think I think that's what it was. Yeah, standing room only. So yeah, 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 a hundred percent was. I would definitely go back there again. It was actually kind of cool. It was a really cool vibe. Um, how do you remember who it was? It was it was a rap concert though. I do remember that. I don't remember exactly was who it was it or Fetty anything. Walk? It was cool vibes though, and. Uh, <laughs> no, it was um, a friend of ours, uh, ex-girlfriend dragged me to that one. She she was an interesting one. Um, so I'm not, I, I don't even know if I could tell you who the person was or any of that type of stuff to this day. I, I need to dig up, like, I don't even know if I have pictures from that day. At, like something to figure out where I was at. I just remember that the the concert itself was like cool vibes because I liked like the the setting of the place. I can't even tell you if I if I liked the music or not. I just liked the way that the that it was set up. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay, so uh, oh, I, you know, what I forgot to do this week, Corey. I forgot to put out a sporty question. Maybe that's what I'll do right now as we're recording on Sunday afternoon. Here is I can I'll, I will put out a question. Somewhere along the lines of the first concert you will attend post-COVID is. Maybe I'll do that. I actually have a question of what is the first concert that... Well, here, actually, I have, I have two co- questions for you. I want to know your answer to that one. And then I also want to know what your first concert ever was. Okay, I have I have two good answers. My first concert ever was... Uh, you're gonna laugh at me for this, but it's true. Uh, it was uh, Weird Al Yankovic, and I went I'm with my. Not even surprised. I, I went with my mom. This was when I was in high school, I think. I didn't go to my first concert till high school, so I was, you know, probably 17 or 18 at the time. And it was at Celebrity Theater, and it was great, and I loved it. It was really cool because he he puts on a great show. Even if you're not a Weird Al fan at all, his concerts are still super fun. Um, I went to his con- one of his concerts actually uh, in 2019, I think. Right, his the last time he was here in Phoenix before COVID, with my sister, and she and she rather enjoy it too. And she does not like Weird Al Yankovic like I do. Right, so uh, and it was it was him and but like the full Phoenix Orchestra too, which was which was pretty fun. So that that answers that one. The first concert I want to go to post COVID. I have a couple answers to this um, because they're my two favorite like performances, live performances that I've been to over the last few years. And that's Andy Grammer and the struts. I want to go see those two again live and I can't wait to do that again. I'm not surprised about any of that. 100% all of that seems so normal to me. Yeah, if you if, if even that weird owl part of it. Yeah, and I will say this: if if you are a if you want to go have a good time at a concert, and you want to go see a band that you normally want to go see, you're like, oh, who are these guys? Go see the Struts live. They are they put on one of the best rock shows you'll go to. Like, it's just it's so much fun. 
maybe I should. Maybe I should go with you sometime and actually like go watch them. I think you would enjoy I'll, it. I'll be adventurous. Because... Yeah, th- I think I've been. I think I've seen them four times, maybe five. So that's the thing is you can see the same band over and over and over and over again. I I don't know of anyone. I mean, like obviously I watched Taylor Swift a few times, Fallout Boy a few times. I don't think anyone else I've really gone to see multiple times. Well, in all honesty, outside of that, it, you would think that there would be some other ones. I mean, my first ever concert is is strange. No one ever thinks that my first concert would be the first concert I went to. But my first concert was, I was either in like end of elementary school, beginning middle school or something maybe. Um, but it was ZZ Top, actually, at huh. the State Fair. So that was my first concert and and you can knock state fair uh concerts but some of them are actually pretty cool i did like 13th row kelly clarkson at the state fair one year and that was dope i couldn't hear anything afterwards i'm not kidding you me and my friend were in the bathroom and i was like i feel like i can't hear anything can you hear anything and we were just full-blown screaming at each other in the bathroom people <laughs> were like excuse you um but so um but so my my first one was at was easy top and then um the first ones i wanted to do when i get out of all this shit um i mean i feel very gypped that cat and i didn't get to go watch all-time low so um i want it i want cat and i to drag you to an all-time low concert okay (laughs) and um and okay so here's a couple things that i i really want to be able to do i want to i want to have me and cat drag you to an all-time low concert mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to be able to go to a festival again with you and cat but be actually able to drink this time because i had so much fun at i think it was pot of gold um when we went um a long time ago but when we went i was you were not 21 20 because it was in march and i didn't turn 21 until july so um i would like to be able to actually go to a a festival with you two and be able to drink and um and i and i of course because i've been raining raving about it lately even kat sent me a, a snapchat when it was playing in her car the other day, but I, I kind of want to go see uh, Machine Gun Kelly live. It's going to be the weirdest collection of people at this concert. I can thoroughly feel it, but I, I enjoy his newest album so much. I want to actually see that live. I would go. I would go with you. I I would really like for you to, to be at all of them because you are a very fun concert goer. Like you, you thoroughly enjoy just being there, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I don't even have to like the music. Like I've, I've been to shows where I don't really like the music itself, but, or the band particular band that's playing, but they're still fun to go to. So I said, I've only been like, you were talking about all time low and machine gun Kelly, right? Both, you know, you're more punk type bands i've only been to one like true pop punk or seen one true pop punk band live 
And that was Good Charlotte. <laughs> and this was That's gosh, not terrible. Yeah, this was like three or four. At least years you didn't ago. say simple plan. Simple plan's very whiny. Um good this yeah, Good Charlotte three or four years ago out at by Fear Farm. Alt A Z was doing a concert series out there that was headlined by Jimmy Eat World, which is a terrific concert. Uh the struts were on that same that same bill. Yeah, I would see that. And too. and then so was Good Charlotte. And so didn't know any of their songs. Got so like two. I was like, "All right, this is cool. It's fine." I, I was, uh, I went with my sister, and we were all the way at the back because, like, I was too afraid to like kind of go any closer to the stage so without getting crushed in the in the like the in the mosh pit. <laughs> also, though, th- there has to be something that I have to bring up before we change the topic on this. Uh-huh. Um, that was one of the coolest one of the coolest things. So, like. I, uh, what was that? Again, the same year, right before I turned 21. What the fuck? Why did I go to all these cool concerts, like, the right before I turned 21? Um, so the Super Bowl was here in, I was born in 94, so I turned 21 in, I hate math, 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So in 2015, oh yeah, that would make sense. Okay. So in 2015, the Super Bowl was here, and so they did a bunch of concerts for that. Um, for my boyfriend, literally is was big Patriots fan, um, and a uh, big Tom Brady fan. So we were around all of that kind of stuff. I even went to the Pro Bowl because of journalism. Um, and all that stuff. And so I had bought tickets to the Calvin Harris. Um, oh my gosh. What is his? Jason Derulo. There's like a bunch. It, there's a bunch of different acts or whatever. But the one that was the very one at the end that was like the big concert at the end was Calvin Harris. So I bought that one. And because we really wanted to go to one of the other days, but um, he was playing ASU hockey at the time. So we literally could only go to this one set of shows. I was pissed because I didn't get to see Kat and Richie go see Snoop Dogg. That will be one of the things that I will always be so sad that I was never there for. I wish I could have been there when you and Kat went to go see Snoop Dogg. Oh, that it was so much fun. That was a that was that was absolutely because it was Snoop Dogg opening for Imagine Dragons. That's right. Uh, and Imagine Dragons was a good concert. I mm. literally bought tickets to their concert the year afterwards because or actually technically scotty bought me as like a present for the year afterwards because i was so pissed i wasn't at that concert that he got me when they tickets for when they went to talking stick literally like right after that yeah i remember you guys went to that concert and i was pissed that you guys went because i wanted to see him having seen them previously a couple times previously and i didn't get a chance to go because i was doing Either the the tickets were super expensive or I was too busy or whatever, but. Yeah, I'm just mad that I didn't get to go to that one with you and you and Kat. Because, I mean, like, I'm not a big, um, big uh, going to see a DJ person. And, and Calvin Harris was really fun. The way that they had that all set up, it was actually a shit ton of fun. I could only imagine if I was going there with you guys watching Snoop Dogg and Imagine Dragons. 
I would have I would have had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll do another show again soon because the Super Bowl is coming back to Phoenix in a couple of years, and they'll have usually have con- Super Bowl concerts. So maybe then they'll show up again because you never know. I mean, anything at that time. I mean, a Snoop Dogg concert, I feel like, would be on a whole nother level now that uh, weed is legalized in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I feel like it'd be a whole nother level. I mean, there was enough people doing ecstasy as it was at the Calvin Harris one. Like, even my friend, like, came up, started touching my face, and I was like, stop touching me. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't handle that, but I would feel like I would enjoy it so much more, the people who would be super just high and chill the entire time. Right. All right, we should probably move on and uh, and talk some coyotes slash hockey here, as we've got another twenty six minutes to begin a show without talking about the coyotes. But alas, it's kind of depressing is- to talk. It's depressing to talk about the coyotes because they haven't been winning a lot of games lately. So. Yeah, as you say, this is what happens when we're not enthused by the topic. And really, we're just not enthused by this team because of the fact that they lost two games to the Kings. One, obviously, in overtime, um, and they lost in a shootout to where Darcy Kemper almost uh, destroyed the tunnel walking through it. I can only imagine what that sounded like live. And, um, And... basically uh the second game was classic coyotes wanting to give up goals so that way they can be the come from behind underdogs and then slowly get to the end and not have the ability to come back from what they've given up it's the stereotypical coyotes that we normally watch and of course it has to be against the kings it bites a little bit more and i get got to have a little uh a throwback, I guess you could say, watching Connor Garland's face get smashed in the ice at, by Dustin Brown, which was hardcore throwback vibes to Dustin Brown v. Uh, Shane Doan, whatever year that was, where he was shoving his face in the ice. I'm glad to know the man has not matured. Hey, it was a rough go for Connor Garland, wasn't it? Because not only did that happen, but he, he also took a... Stick straight to the neck where they only called the one two minute minor penalty on him at the time. He, the, uh, has since been fined the opposing, um, the, the Kings player that, that, uh, unfortunately, I uh, got called for the penalty. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it was a completely random cross check to the neck. Like, it was, you know, it would be one thing if it was, unavoidable like Connor Garland was already starting to go down or whatever but in all reality he just turned and cross-checked him straight to the neck and it was so just complete a, a completely unnecessary check and I, I I honestly don't get it I don't get why it was just a minor they even looked it over again and said, eh, it's just a minor. I don't get it. Like, that should have at least been a major. And I'm glad he's getting fined for it. But that was very blatant. And it's not like the Kings aren't known for playing that kind of hockey. Yeah, Austin Strand has been fined $3,168.10 
the maximum allowable under the CBA for cross-checking Connor Garland. So, and if you think about it, it's a that, random number. Yeah, I, I, it is, isn't it? It's probably like a percentage of the player's pay or so whatever, and that's why it's so weird. So, if you think about it, mm. that particular call kind of changed really the outcome of the game because it was then just moments later into the into the third period when the Kings scored that shorthanded goal and really changed the outcome of the game from there, right? And so you wonder if he got called for a major penalty there, would things have been a little bit different in terms of momentum, et cetera, because Cowdery's came out and came out flat to start the third period and it cost him the game essentially, you know, and like we talked about in our last show, you can't give up points to the LA Kings who are one of your bottom three teams in the Western division. Like we saw the Kings play, like they're not a good team, right? They don't have the, the star power that they used to. They have old man, Dustin Brown leading them in goals. You know, you have old man, Jonathan quick and net. And somehow they're sticking around in these games without pretty much any talent whatsoever. And it's just frustrating it to, was the old versus the new completely. Yeah. And it, it's it's frustrating for a team to play down their opponent like the Cowboys did. And that's exactly what they did. And that has been the Cowboys problem really for the last couple seasons is they'll play well against your St. Louis of the world, right? They'll you'll play well against the top tier teams. And then when you're playing LA and Anaheim for some reason, they play down and they can't figure out a way to come out with big victories. And unfortunately, they only got one out of a possible four points against L.A. And like we talked about last week, that's not good enough. That's not going to get you into the playoffs, and especially right now. As we speak on a, uh, on this Sunday night here, Coyotes are out of a playoff spot right now. They're fifth in the Western Division, um, looking at how the standings go right now. And they could be lower with Minnesota three games in hand. So it's uh, at some point, if they keep doing that, against these lesser teams, it's going to catch up with them down the road. Oh, yeah. They have to make it up in these games because of the fact that we don't expect them to be sweeping any of those top-tier teams anytime soon. And, um, you know, there's the the Kings aren't the worst of the worst, but they're also not the best. You know, they, you have to be winning these games. These have to be given games. And it's just frustrating. You know, you can see this team actually come out and perform um, in games against St. Louis, and then you end up seeing them play down to the Kings level when they play the Kings. And it's not like they don't have the urgency there. They talked so much before the game and and during uh, intermission interviews and all that stuff about how in the locker room it was told basically that they need to win these games. So it's not like the urgency isn't there. So it's just kind of frustrating to see them do this to themselves. It's very self-destructive in a lot of ways. And it, it just, it's its really frustrating. We're going to see them come into a series against um, the Anaheim Ducks, who are now on a uh, three-game losing streak. Uh, they are 6-9-3, and three, and the Coyotes are 7-7-3. Seven, seven, um, the Ducks have only scored 
four goals in their past three games, and they've had two goals or fewer in 14 of their last 18 games this season. So the Ducks are not particularly scoring machines. They are having a lot of their own issues as of late, and they're trying to figure out, um, you know, where they're going to go from here, essentially, because they have a lot of scoring issues to fix before they become like an actual contending team. They have John Gibson, obviously, which is always plaguing the Coyotes, I feel like, every single time. Um, but in the same at the same time, uh their coach Dallas Eakin said, let's be very clear on one thing. It's not just Adam and um for those of you that uh, don't know, they just put Adam Henrique on waivers on Saturday. And um, they said, uh, we've had a number of players take great strides and are, and are taking over the game. And we have a number of players that are, for whatever reason, we'll call it stuck in mud. We can't really pinpoint it because we've got some guys that are doing very, very well right now. And we have three or four that are stuck. That seems very familiar to certain people like Lawson Krause and Christian Fisher. Um, Lawson Krause has yet to score in 14 games this season. And, uh, you know, he was a a 15 goal scorer last season, and that was a career high for him. So people like him and and Christian Fisher and uh, countless others, honestly, have really just not produced the way that they need to. We've got the short leash line that is producing quite well, but you have to wonder going into the series against Gibson if you can really win these games just counting on that short leash line, especially when you've had so many horrible defensive breakdowns and some really bad play um, behind the net in, in the defensive zone. So if you are going to be that sloppy defensively, why do you think you can win any of these games? And these games against the Ducks are must-win. Any lower-tier teams they play from here on out are must-win games, every single one of them. Yeah, especially when you're playing a team and you you nailed it, that she's struggling to score goals right now. And so the Coyotes know that. And so it makes the Coyotes' job a little bit easier in a way because they have Darcy Kemper, obviously. And now you're kind of looking at a team that, well, maybe you can beat these Ducks to get two to one in these games. But I, I agree. I, the Ducks aren't playing well at all right now. John Gibson is John Gibson, yes. But, you know, you beat him earlier this year, right? And you're looking at some uh, – you're looking at a, a couple of games here for the Coyotes where, like you said, they are going to have to find a way to get over the hump in terms of getting scoring from their bottom nine forwards. It's something that we talked about going into the season, this team's inability to score on a consistent basis, and it's propping up once again. So – like last year, their goals per game as a team was somewhere around 2.7 goals per game, right? It was in the bottom tier of the league. And I'm going to bring up how many goals per game they have again this year. And I have to assume it's not that much different. 
In fact, they're 24th in the league, scoring 2.5 goals per game. That's not going to get it done. They got to score more. They need more effort from guys like you talked about. The fact that Lawson Krauss doesn't have a goal this year is crazy to me. Granted, he's been hitting a lot of posts, which is fine. Like, he's still getting chances, but the fact that he has no goals is wild. Christian Fisher, His girlfriend no was even making jokes about it. Yeah, I saw that. That was actually His girlfriend really was even tweeting out jokes, like, trolling him about it. That's the funniest thing ever. She said that she's making him pay her 100 bucks for every post he hits. <laughs> yeah, and it's at some point, like, those goals have to start going in at some point. Like, at some point, it's to the point where, oh, it's not just unlucky. Well, you're just not putting yourself in the right spot to score goals. So, you know, the fact that Derek Broussard only has two goals this year, right? The fact that Phil Kessel went 11 games without scoring a goal and finally put some put it together in those series against the, uh, against the Kings there, that's the biggest problem with this team. And shocker is exactly what we expected it to be. But they got to find more consistency there because that's how they're really going to win games. It's great that your short leash line is contributing, but we saw that in that second game against the Ducks when that short leash line wasn't producing. And, you know, Rick Tockett uh, talked about it after the game. He was like, yeah, you know, our short leash line wasn't good tonight. Well, when your top line isn't good, that's on the rest of your, your lineup to show up. And they only scored two goals. So it's uh, – and the fact that we're about a quarter of the way through the season and we're still seeing the same problems offensively doesn't, to me, isn't pointing in a good direction, right? Because now you're asking your goaltenders to play perfect hockey, and then that is going to get you into trouble. And it just, ha- you haven't been seeing it lately. I just personally, I I know that he's been hung out to dry quite a few times as of recent, but I just feel like I am not seeing the same Darcy Kemper as I normally see. I just don't see it out of him this year, even in face off or face offs in um, shootouts. I just feel like he isn't his typical self. And, and that's usually kind of one of his, his weaker points. But even in those, I just feel like there's certain times where it's not the same caliber of Darcy Kemper as I'm used to seeing. And once again, Auntie Ranta with upper body issues this time, like he's constantly injured. You can't be relying on goaltending all the time. And if you are relying on goaltending all the time, then you need to play better defensively. And their defensive breakdowns have been costing them games left and right. So I, you have to up your scoring ability if you're going to play that sloppy and your goaltending isn't going to be lights out. Absolutely. And one final thing on this upcoming series against the Ducks here is that um, Trevor Zegras is going to be making his NHL debut. He was called up to the active roster by the Ducks this weekend. He had four goals and nine points in eight AHL games this season. Um, Obviously had a massive, massive tournament in the World Juniors. Uh, He had 18 points in seven games. Um, It was the standout player there. And so we talked about how this Ducks team has struggled scoring. Well, they're going to get a pretty good player when it comes to helping them do that. And I'm fascinated to watch Trevor Zegers play in his first NHL game against the Coyotes. And the Coyotes can't take him lightly, man. They can't be like, oh, this is a rookie. 
we can take him lightly. Uh-uh, this guy's super skilled. He's going to be probably come in and immediately maybe be the Ducks' best forward, right? And and so he's going to be a key, an X-factor, I guess you could say, in those two games against Anaheim. It should be very interesting to see because, like, obviously if they're pulling him up, they believe he's NHL ready or, or, or maybe that they feel like um, they're desperate at this point and they're hoping that he's NHL ready. But it's very interesting always to see when you throw um, these kids in these situations how they excel because someone could be extremely talented like him and still not have a, a great showing the first couple games out. So it's very dependent. We'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, there's a possibility that if he is firing all cylinders and he really is looking like his normal self, that it's it could be really bad for the Coyotes in these games. And you have to wonder how much they want to win after losing three in a row. So with the combination of those two things, it could be quite deadly if the Coyotes don't get their shit together and tighten up their game, honestly. So... It, it should be very fun to watch. It could also be very torturous to watch. We'll have to see. Um, it's kind of like, uh, and, and, and I wouldn't like to put them on the same caliber, but it's kind of the same thing with Barrett Hayton. We didn't really know with him coming in this year if he was just going to look great or looks all right or look terrible. We had all kind of predicted him for to be relatively good considering the fact of how much time they took with him and making him comfortable but I still to this day feel like he does not look comfortable and and keeps making a lot of really kind of dumb rookie mistakes so um it's always interesting to see how that unfolds and but I have I have a feeling he's going to come in um full guns a blazing all right we got one more coyote thing to mention here before we we wrap up and that is that on Sunday, if you were following the Coyotes on social media at all, you saw all the videos and the pictures of Lindsey Fry's roller skating across the state of Arizona on her journey that started at Phoenix Children's Hospital and hit every single rink in the valley from Arcadia, Chandler, Gilbert, Mesa, Oceanside, out in Scottsdale, Peoria, and of course, finishing off at Gila River Arena. And as we were recording this, Lindsay's still out skating around. So she hasn't finished as of our recording, but I'm assuming as you listen to this on Monday, she has finished. And congratulations to her on, again, skating to raise money and in honor of Leighton Nicardo, of course, the young girl who passed away from cancer after a tremendous, tremendously um, inspiring little girl lost her battle of cancer back in November. And they're trying, the Coyotes are trying to raise $49,000 for Layton and it's a scholarship fund. That's going to go to young girls who want to play hockey. As of our recording, according to the website, they're at $47,000 in terms of donations. It hasn't changed all day. I'm assuming that I don't know how often they update it, but I'm assuming by now they would have crossed their goal of $49,000. So congratulations to the Coyotes community on raising that money for the scholarship foundation for doing it in honor of, of little Layton and congratulations to Lindsay Fry for completing that journey. Uh, 
96 miles she had to skate across the valley. She had some help along the way with with Tyson Nash and Shane Doan. And uh, it was just really cool to watch her show up at some of these rinks and just see there was a, a lot of presence in terms of fans and young girls there who were cheering her on at all these ranks. And it was really cool to see. Yeah, it was really awesome. And I, and I, um, I know she really appreciated it. I saw that she put out uh, a statement before she started skating saying like, Hey, you can't really be skating with me or, you know, for safety reasons, whether, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to keep, a lot of people like she's skating through busy areas and stuff like that, but also like because of COVID, you know, she, so she, for everyone's safety, didn't want people skating with her. But the fact that there was that much like out loving and support for her and the fact that she had to put that out in the first place is amazing. And all of the support that uh, everyone was giving her just skating each way is not a small feat what she's doing. And, um, it's just it's really cool to see and thank you to any of the people too on um our thpn network any of our listeners stuff like that who donated um to the foundation after um after our cupcake challenge that we had um we had done for it so um we appreciate that as well and uh, i don't know when the counties are closing off donations so you can still go to their website um, and, and look that up and, and see if they're still, um, allowing donations. Um, I'm sure that you can still donate online and check that out in case you want to help out a good cause on the Leighton Cardo Memorial Scholarship Fund. So do you have anything else, Corey, before we, we close out the show with some, with some random shit? I have a good one this week. It's good. It's- nope, I'm mentally preparing myself for this random shit is what I'm doing right now. So, Well, I teased it on the last show, but you're not ready for it here. Uh, again, I teased it. Yeah, I, I got anxious last time you teased about- it. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it had to do with men with these sexy features are the best in bed, according to a survey. So allow me to go through here and explain to you the results of the survey. Onbuy.com conducted the survey of 4,500 women to list the physical, physical attributes of men that they have had the best sex with. Clocking in first was facial hair with a whopping 73% of participants claiming that their best sex partner sported a heavily forested chin. So that's, that's good for me. That's a check on my list right there. So what, it just means that what they're not like a a person that's like clean shaven all the time or what, that they're not 16. Are they trying to say like someone with a full blown, like beard, like a, big beard because i feel like a lot of men have like you know five o'clock shadows and like stubble yeah well i i I think it is men with facial hair on like on a consistent basis kind of thing like you're you're uh but not like you're like it's part of their look five o'clock shadow doesn't count okay but like i i always have like i consider myself to be part of this because i i feel like i always have some sort of facial hair somewhat. I either have the full beard or I have a goatee of some sort. 
Okay. Okay. I, sorry. I just needed clarification on that. I was like, I feel like there's a, there's like a middle there where, you know, there's, there's like clean shaven. Then mm-hmm. there's like sporting a beard all the time. And then there's like the, the middle where, you know, you've got like a, a small beard, but you know, you shave it every couple of days. Yeah. And the poor and the, and of course the, the poor men who can't grow at all. Which yeah, that is an actual thing. <laughs> yeah. Like try as they might, not gonna happen. But as long as as I I I I think I, I've had mine for I've been growing facial hair since I was like fourteen. So <laughs> I was ahead of the curve on that one. Damn. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Seventy-one percent of women ranked men with cappuccino peepers as their best in the bedroom. Cappuccino as, with eyes. what? Cappuccino peepers, like eyes, eye color. Oh, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Am I not cool enough for something?" I felt like I was missing something. Oh, so with brown eyes. Essentially. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do not count on that. I have, like, bluish-green eyes. So I'm out on that, unfortunately. I mean, I, I am also in the blue-eyed gang uh, with you there, but uh, Scotty has brown eyes. I've, I always thought, like, people always give uh, people with brown eyes crap. There is some really pretty brown eyes. Like, some people have, like, more in, like, a golden tone. Some people have, like, the really, like, dark brown eyes, like a chocolatey brown. Some of them are, like, a coffee middle. There's there's more than just a normal brown eye. And I think mm-hmm. people don't underestimate that. Yeah, that's why they refer to it's it as cappuccino. Because it's, like, it's like, it's, like, a lighter brown what they're referring to there but all right let's continue on oh, here with they, the they went specific on this oh yeah i think so yeah uh and okay, in proof cool. that bad boys finish first men sporting piercings and tattoos came in at 70 percent and 62 percent i could see that i could definitely see that I can uh, definitely see that. Again, I don't have either, so I'm not in that I'm not in that either of those categories. Uh at sixty eight percent You're not wanting to get a tattoo anytime soon? No, I thought I've t- I've told you this, I thought. That like I'm anti- I, I, I I'm being completely sarcastic. It's because every single time Kat and I are like, we just got a tattoo and you're just like not gonna happen. <laughs> No, no, I'm too old for that shit, man. Like, way too fucking old to get a get my first tattoo. So, yeah, if you want to explain to me why I should get oh, my first so tattoo, oh, that's so not true. Age, at age thirty, please go ahead and send us a tweet at Corey underscore Richie Show. Because, and even if you give the greatest argument in the world, guess what? It's never gonna happen. All right, so you can try you can get as you a tattoo might. at any age. You can, sure, but not like I'm too old for that shit. All right, not gonna fucking happen. Putting my foot down. <laughs> and I can't argue with with like the age thing because I'm 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 not your age. And when I first got mine, I was 16. So I also can't argue about like when 
So I got mine at a very young age, but it was very much a long period of bribing my parents to sign off on it. So fifty-three <laughs> percent of women claimed that their most skillful lover lovers boasted small feet. Now it does not say what small feet means exactly, like what size shoe. So small feet. So does that mean that the adage of foot size isn't the same? I feel like yes. I feel like that might be the case there. Thirty. Let's see. Thirty-seven. But, but, per, go ahead. But so okay. So then, then if if it if the small feet adage is true. Then, then it can't be that that they they are well endowed. So then that means that it is that this is trying to prove that it is true that it doesn't doesn't matter what is what is the thing that they always say that doesn't matter the, the basically doesn't matter the the size that's how you use it. I guess that's that's what that's proving. <laughs> yep. Uh... There's a there's a cool little saying for it. I just remember what it is. Meanwhile, heading up the not-so-sexy end of the spectrum were big hands at 37% and bushy eyebrows at 36%. Both feel creepy to me. Yep. Uh, and it, it, this story goes on to talk about more about the facial hair aspect of it and cited a 2018 study published in the Journal of Evolutionary Biology that found flowing facial hair to be more attractive to women when considering long-term rather than short-term relationships as they indicate a male's ability to successfully compete socially with other males for resources. What? Facial hair? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how I, I... I don't feel like I agree with that. There are... There are some guys that look absolutely terrible with facial hair. Like I'm like, mm, no. And there's some that look better. But I just feel like that's there's not one that that's not something you can go across the board and be like, yes. They're a lot more you know, attractive because they have facial hair. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that one. I'm just I'm just citing what the science says. Don't shoot the messenger. What about like James Bond? James Bond was always like cleanly shaven. And he was supposed to be like the uh, epitome of of what like a gentleman was supposed to look like. That's right. Yeah. So they're they're saying that they've been wrong about James Bond for years. If that's what you want to take away from the story, I can't I can't say I can't uh, I can't deny that. <laughs> You're like if that's where you want to take this, go right ahead. <laughs> All right, I think that's it's the that's best it. way I can take this, Richie. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I believe that's the, it's end. the best that's way I can take this. Yep, that that's great. Before this gets more uncomfortable. It always goes back and forth. 
there'll be a week where you make me uncomfortable and then there'll be a week where I make you uncomfortable. And I feel like it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, I just I feel like in these situations I need cat here cuz then then cat can feel uncomfortable. And then, you know, once it's not just me uncomfortable, there's someone else that's uncomfortable with me. It becomes more of like a, I I can play off that. But when it's just me, I just feel like I have nothing to say. (laughs) And that's when I start saying weird things. I'm one of those people. I'm horrible, horrible with the like, I one time and I, I will never forget this. I had to talk to someone at my work like they were trying to get me to like sell them like a membership and I'm not in sales I'm in marketing and so when they were like having me talk to this person because I I work in sports and so I'd met this person before but only once and I guaranteed that like I they didn't remember me but then so I start telling a really embarrassing story about the time that I met them while I was doing it to like try and start the conversation because I felt uncomfortable and I was, and then they looked at me like, what a weirdo. And that is what I do when I get in uncomfortable situations. So I've literally learned if I'm in an uncomfortable situation and rather than open my mouth and say something dumb, I just need to like literally shut my trap and like say nothing. So what you're saying is it's probably time to end the show. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Any anything else before we go? Any last words? Nope. I think this is fantastic. Right, right where we are. Okay. <laughs> Follow our show at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter. The question is out. Hashtag Sporty Questions. Your first concert you attended, and slash or the first concert you will attend. Post COVID, follow the network at HockeyPodNet. We have a new contest that I believe is is underway today. Head to our Twitter page and retweet our tweet with the picture of the Coyotes jersey on it. We're doing a network wide giveaway again, where the post among the network with the most retweets wins a jersey. So we want the network to know that Coyotes fans are legit. So we want all of our Coyotes fan friends to retweet the tweet and, and show everybody off in the network that the Coyotes fans are a passionate fan base. So that way we can win one of you in the sporting nation of Jersey. So we can do that. You can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at our Flores 91. And uh, if you're outside of the state of Arizona, of course, sign up with DraftKings promo code THPN. We will talk to you again on Thursday, Sporting Nation. Good night and good hockey, everybody.